lots going on in AFL world and in Crow's land. So without any further ado, let's get straight into it, shall we? Welcome to Tuesday Night Live this Tuesday, the 3rd of May. Nearly Star Wars Day, Peter. How are you going, mate? Very well, mate. I feel very rested and happy with my week on the Sunshine Coast. It was very nice. Right. And you've come back and brought some uh, pretty average weather with you uh, starting tomorrow. <laughs> going to be no, freezing. I wasn't, wasn't not happy to see that, I can tell you. Mm, never mind. Um, and uh, did you? You didn't. Uh, you wouldn't have seen any of the footy out there while you were out there, would you? And I, uh, I saw. Funnily enough, I saw the first half on my phone lying on Malulabar Beach. So um, I did actually uh, ruin my ruin my day by watching the first half, but then I shut it down. Right. <laughs> and what did you think of that half? Jeez. <laughs> oh, I mean, there was just nothing. I mean, yeah, we we come on, don't we, and we're, and we're positive, and we generally like to see, um, you know, we try and pick out the, the positive bits. We acknowledge okay. that we're rebuilding and all that all that stuff. But I just could not find you anything out of that first half that I could really chat to you about, to be honest. Is that fair? That is quite reasonable. Um, we just um, came out sluggish. They came out firing, as uh, many predicted, after the pressure that the coach was under uh, during the week. And, um, gee whiz, they just uh, destroyed us. And, of course, once the lads kicked into gear, it was um, all effort and no system, unfortunately. And uh, what that meant is that it was just beast to a honeypot. Um, and uh, we weren't able to... Uh, to move the ball with any fluidity or get on the outside at all. Um, you know, I put some stats up um, on Sunday and uh, some of the stats were just horrific at halftime. Um, I think we were minus 40-something in uncontested posies and minus 20-something in contested posies. It was uh, just yep. a, a shit show, really. Well, it was one of those games that you could you just knew what was happening or how it was going to turn out in the first few minutes, really. It really just, was, just, Pete. It really was. And I just felt I felt like I felt like Toby Green just stamped himself. He just he just willed himself to that mark and um he was just determined as great players are, he was just determined to stamp himself on that game and, and that was it really. Yep. Yep. Um now is it one that you just put away uh, and put it down to um you know, um one of those weeks. I mean, we are a young side, the youngest in the comp, pretty much, and uh, you know we're we're going to be prone to ups and downs on the journey back to uh, relevance. Uh, is it a game that you just put down to one of those days and you move on? It's really strange, isn't it, that we've had two years running where we have made that team look like world beaters, and last year they only won eleven games last year, mm. 
and yet they came over here and looked like a grand final side. And then they've done this; they've won in five when they got here this year, and then we made them look like a grand final team again. It's weird. We just don't seem to match up well with them at all. I think it's size, Peter. I, they are a very physically mature team, um, and and that doesn't go away irrespective of form. And uh, I think we got hustled and bustled out of the out of the contest early. They hit the ball extremely hard, and they ran particularly hard, and brushed us aside. And um, you know, we do have some mature bodies running through the midfield, but by and large, we're we're still probably a little bit light, and we just look like we got monstered physically. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think we're going to have some of those games, um, and it's kind of unfortunate that the wins that we have are just we just get there, but the losses, some of the losses we have are terrible, aren't they? Yeah. So. Um, well, and and I think I, I talked earlier, Fane, about you know percentage being a good indicator of where you're yeah. at, mm. and I think that's because it does it indicates to you you know how bad your losses are, and yeah, we've had a couple of really bad losses. I think that's true. That's true of the whole table at the moment. Um, you know, we can see the table starting to form, and uh, a couple of the teams that are outside of the eight at the moment are running with pretty good percentage um, and the team we're actually up against this week, Carlton, um, probably uh, the most vulnerable percentage-wise um, in the eight. Um, and I think you're exactly right. It is a good indicator. Um, and, uh, you know, our wins our wins have all been close um, and one close loss as well, but two blowouts. So um, I, this week's game against Carlton, I think, is a real test, a real test for the footy club. Um, with regards to where we sit um, in terms of our development because aside from it being... Are we playing away this week? We're playing away this week, aren't we, of course? We are at Marvel, yes. Yeah, at Marvel. Aside from it being away, um, it's on a deck that should suit us. Um, There certainly won't be any, any weather implications. They've got a couple of guns, but they've got a couple out as well. Um, the Ruckman's out and one or two others. Um it's an opportunity for us to bounce back um, and it'll be a test of our current uh, progress, I think, uh, to see this result. Yep. Yep, no, I agree, because I think as the season um, goes on, I think that Carlton will fall away. I think that they'll do their usual thing of falling back out. I don't think they'll make the eight. And so I think it's a team, you know, it's a, these are one of those games you can target and say, well, this is one that we, you know, we could and should possibly win. Well, absolutely. I think that's true. Um, there's no reason why we can't win the game. Um, Carlton certainly aren't world beaters by any stretch. I mean, they've, they've started the season off well, but uh, as I suspected, you know, their depth has been tested at the moment in a couple of areas. They've got some good targets uh, up forward uh, that uh, really are you know elite in the competition really Kerno and uh, McKay has really come on this year um, but they are vulnerable in certain areas and uh, definitely gettable um, if we're playing well so you know I, this is probably one of the more important uh, games for the club I would think in the in the last couple of seasons because um, it'll last year after our loss to GWS mate we uh, we tanked basically. Well, we're exactly where we were last year: three wins, three losses, and then yeah. a spanking from GWS. It's quite yeah. bizarre the way that worked out. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I think our following few games after the GWS loss last year uh, were pretty uh, average. So, um, you know, it'll be an interesting thing to see if we can reverse that this season. Um, a couple of injury concerns. Of course, we're going to be missing Brody Smith, who took a specky and forgot to land. Um, he'll be out for a couple, I'd imagine, and hopefully only a couple with concussion, given his um, history. Hopefully uh, there's no longer-term effects on that one. Um, and McHenry, who didn't um, fail the protocol during the course of the game, but has since come up um, with concussion symptoms, so he's out as well. Um, so they're two forced changes. Um, who else have we got? Um, I think they're the only two out from the weekend. Um, uh, Riley Thilthorpe is uh, expected back after going through his COVID protocols. Um, his knee's fine. Um, so, uh, and uh, Andy McPherson as well is due back from his hammy. So um, a couple to chew, well, a reasonably full compliment to choose from. Uh, Zach Taylor's still out with his thumb, and of course we've got the season, well, I mean, Seedsman could be anything, um, and Sloney out for the season. So... Apart from, well, first of all, who do you see coming in for Smithers and uh, and Ned? Two force changes. Look, they're not they're not usually terribly covert about it. They tend to. Um, I've just noticed re- in recent times that they'll get yeah. um, assistant coaches out there and start talking up players. And so, yeah, I've heard in the last couple of days, I've heard three players talked up by assistant coaches. They've talked up Miller. They've talked up. Um, oh, you've gone a bit robotic there. Um, so they were Miller and Newchurch. Yep. And Worrell. Josh Worrell. Yep. Yep. They have been the three that have been uh, bandied around. So I would suspect if going on form, and I'm talking about. The uh, the way they approach the media, that it'll the replacements that those three would be in the mix. Yeah, um, I don't know whether you're on a wireless connection or whatever, but it's gone a bit funny, so you might have to move somewhere. Um, Is that better? Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. yeah, bit disappointed. Uh, I'd be disappointed if um, Hinge didn't come back in. Um, because I thought he was going particularly well. And to me, he seems the obvious replacement for Brody Smith of halfback. Um, you know, they're talking about Miller and uh, his obvious role would be on the halfback line unless they're thinking of putting him into the midfield mix, um, which I think would be a stretch. So Miller ahead of Hinge for, for Smithers would be disappointing for me. Um uh, in terms of McHenry, if they're thinking of giving Tariq a run, uh, it's probably a reasonable deck to, to give him a run on. There won't be any weather. Uh, fast track. Uh, be, he's been playing okay. Certainly improved. Um, does he deserve a call-up over, over Jimmy Rowe? I'm not so sure. Jimmy offers a fair bit up the ground, which is the role that McHenry and uh, Lockie Murphy have been playing over the last few weeks. Will we get the same from Tariq? I don't think so. We'll we'll get a, a crumbing forward, but um, I don't know, Pete. I don't know if it's the right move. I don't know whether 
having a look at highlights and all the rest of it, he's done some nice things. But can he give us four quarters um, in an AFL match that's going to be pretty quick? Yeah, it's like picking the raw sort of the raw untried fast bowler for a game at, for a test at the Wacker. You know, yeah. you, you want to just let him loose on that fast track. Um, yeah, to see how he goes. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't do it myself. But um, I'm only going on, you know, mm. what's in the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I have to um, just take a moment just to thank everyone who's joined us on Discord and also on YouTube. I've got the chat back up and running. So that's all good. Uh, if you are on Discord and you want to have something to say during the course of the show, just stick your hand up and we'd be happy to have you on board. Um, and uh, in the meantime, uh, there's probably a couple of other players that have had a questionable couple of games. We, we won't dwell on them, Pete, but we need to mention them. Uh, Matty Crouch looked... Um, I'm going to say pedestrian against GWS. Um, will they persist? Well, they will. And I think we both know they will because they've lost Brady Smith, so they just won't drop as an experienced player. Mm. Simple, as, simple as that. I mean, they will not drop him because they've lost no. Brady Smith. Robot again. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I... <sighs> They have this uh, thing where they need to have um, experience. I don't know what benefit Crouch gives us. Experience, you know, Tex Walker's a prime example, Pete, where good experience is very, very valuable. But Rory Sloan has has shown us in in, in the middle that um, your experience is no good if if it's not performing. And I'd put Matt Crouch in that non-performing experience at the moment. Um, yeah. And the problem with Matt is that I don't I don't think we can do what we tried to do with Sloney before he did his knee and drop him into a half forward flank. I, don't, I think Matt's a one trick pony, and I don't think he gives he would give us any value at half forward. He'd probably get a bit of the ball, but um, you know he can't kick over a jam jar. Oh, I don't know. I, I just don't see him in any other role except you know in uh, purely inside mid. Yeah, oh, look, I totally agree with you. I don't think he deserves his spot at the moment. I just don't think they'll pull the trigger. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, Jack Haitley had a um, up and down sort of game. He was better in the second half last week. Um, after the game had really been pretty much lost already, um, he's an interesting one, Jackson. To me, he lacks a yard and he lacks some intensity. Uh, I'm loath to drop a kid without giving him a block of games. Um, what's your thoughts on that one? Yep. Uh, I, said, I think I said last week, you've got to give him a month. I think you've got to give him four games yep. to try and cement his position. I think he's done enough. You know, you, you wouldn't be expecting him to do a whole lot. Um, but he's been getting his, you know, in, in the mid-teens position. Yeah, you've gone again. That connection's no good for you tonight, mate. Um, yeah, I, I'd give him a run still. I, I wouldn't... I'm sorry, uh, I'm here now. So, am I here? Have yeah, you got yeah, me? yeah, yeah. Sorry, Fian, I'm not sure why my connection's bad tonight. It must be just the Wi-Fi playing up. Yeah, it must be. Um, um, Lockie Gallant, what do you think there? 
Oh no, he's we've got to persist with Lockie. I think um, he our midfield performance or our, our our transition work last week didn't do the forwards any favours whatsoever. Neither he nor Elliot. But whereas you expect Elliot to make contests, Lockie's not. It shouldn't be used in that same way. Um, and uh, our unpredictability going forward just didn't serve Lockie Glant in any way. I feel like Lockie's um, form or impact has dropped off with the inclusion of Shane McAdam. So whether there's a balance issue there, I'm not quite sure. Um, And we're not seeing a lot defensively from Glant either. Probably seeing a little bit more defensively from Shane McAdam at the moment. Um, But I, I... I just loathe to drop the kid, um, at least for this week, given that it's going to be a, a fast game on a dry deck. Um, you know, plays into his style of footy, and we've seen what mm. he can do. I, I, I don't think this is the week to drop him, but they might. Um, yeah, because he's had a good block of games and he's just fallen away a bit the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I. I just don't think it was for lack of trying last week. I, I just don't think it was the game for him. Um, yeah. So I, I'd be very interested to see how he goes this week, um, and I hope they keep him in for one more. Um, Fisher Mackesy in the twos has been tried up forward with reasonable effect. Um, hit the scoreboard last week and took a couple of grabs and had a few kicks, so he's not going too bad. Josh Worrell, obviously... Um, in a defensive role. Now, here's a, here's an interesting one. Uh, if you're talking matchups with uh, Carlton forwards, you, Geordie Butts is obviously going to have first crack at McKay. Do you play Billy yep. or do you play Tom Diday on uh, Kerno? You probably could play Tom because I don't think they've got, from memory, I don't think they've got another, another other than those two. So I think you could... Um, have Billy as more the floater? Um, have they got a third third tall there? I don't think they have, have they? Uh, not one that springs to mind. No. I think that you could get away with Billy being a bit freer than what he was. They made him pretty accountable. I mean, in that first half that I saw, exactly he what... did a very good job of making him accountable. It was exactly what we said last week, Peter, about tunnelling through Billy and how he would go when yep. they targeted through Billy. And, uh, yeah, Jesse Hogan touched him up pretty much. Yeah, he did. And that's so going to be the problem that match with up with Tom. I think it's yeah. a good match up. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I think that's the way it should start. Um, Tom's got a little bit more smarts in the air and he doesn't mind body contact. There's obviously more value um, coming in as a third tall, but I think... Uh, even though he'd be giving away probably, what, four or five inches on um, Kerno, I think he's probably first crack, to be honest with you. Yep. I'm just having a quick yep. look at Carlton's lineup last week just to see who else. Because I haven't watched a hell of a lot of Carlton this year, I've got to say. Um, I can't think of who else they might have up forward. Um, McKay, Durden, Kerno, Zach Fisher, Jack Carroll, Jack Martin. So a lot of mid-sized players there, really. Yep. Um, the other one is uh, Lockie Scholl. Um, 
I think you can you can probably sit on either side of the fence with Lockie. Um, I think we've got to accept the sort of player that he is and that he's not going to be, um, uh, you know, an aggressive player. But by the same token, I want him, I want him to get numbers that justify his position. Um, and I don't think he's getting the numbers that we need him to get in the right areas, Pete, at the moment. I feel like he's stagnated a bit, Fink. From the start of last year, yeah, he's well. He's not. He's not as attacking. I, like I'm just um, as we're talking here. I'm just going to call up his stats from last week um, because he does. He just seems to be doing enough without doing a lot. If that makes sense. It, um, where are you, lucky? Um, far too many lock ons in our team. Here we go. Lucky show. The one that I want is inside 50s. Where are you? Inside 50s. So you only had one inside 50 from Lucky show last week. Uh, score involvements, um, also only one. Now, he's supposed to be, in my opinion, our attacking wingman. Uh, we tend to play one wing off the back and one wing sort of more forward of the ball. I, I don't feel, you know, I don't feel like we're getting enough from from Scholl at the moment. Uh, and those two areas, are, in my opinion, are the key stats. You know, the, the inside 50s, the score involvements, we want him to be delivering because he's got a nice leg. And I don't feel like we're, we're getting any value for him at the moment. No, and I, I mean, I struggled to think about how often he might have, you know, hit targets inside fifty, and you know, what he was doing in twenty twenty. I just, I, I just haven't really seen it. Um, there's nothing. There's not a lot of hurt factor. No, I think is that what you're kind of referring to? Like, it just seems to be chipping it a bit when he does get it. So I don't see much hurt factor there from Lockie. Like, it doesn't really seem to be cutting teams. You know, those sort of cutting kicks through the middle or opening up the play. You know, he's got that you know tremendous leg. Mm. But you're right, we're not getting the value. You only used it five times on the weekend, Pete. 13 touches, five kicks. Yeah, 60, that's, 60, that's 60, 60 metres gained from your wingman. Yeah. No. I think it's time for Lockie to have a break, to be honest with you. Mm. Um I think he lacks he lacks confidence over the ball at the moment. Um, I don't want him to be a bullocking, bustling player. That's not him. I, but I still feel like he's a little bit light, and I feel like um, at times he's tentative. I've noticed over the last couple of weeks there's been a couple of times where it's not that he's shirked the contest, but he just hasn't gone when he's needed to. If you know what I mean, there was a there was a. Yeah. Um, there was a, a moment uh, the week before last where he really hesitated in defence uh, where he could have laid attack and it resulted in a goal to the opposition where he really could have blocked. Um, and he got a bit of a serve from um, one of his teammates, I can't remember. Um, it could have been Duday, actually, or Luke Brown, maybe. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed at all to giving Lockyer a run in the twos for a couple of weeks. Mm. 
Yeah, so if that's because the one he got out of the way of Trelaw, that's, that's some, what I'm I think there about. needs to be some unforced changes, doesn't there? Oh, look, I think so. I think Harry Schoenberg did enough to, to warrant staying in, Pete. Um, his numbers after when he came on were quite reasonable. He had nine touches in, in you know, a, a quarter and a bit of footy, um, 133 yep. metres gained. So I, I felt like he did okay. Um, you know, a, a lot a lot rides on what they want to do with Matt Crouch, to be perfectly honest with you, because if they, if they don't want to drop Matt Crouch, which we kind of of the opinion that they don't, then where does Harry come in to that? You know, if he stays in, he's got to replace either Smithers or um, McHenry or someone else has got to come out. Um, yep. You know, we, we was, is it is it time? Oh, see, Braden Cook, I I feel like he's had a nice little run of games and I would be loath to, to drop Braden as well. Um, yep. But they might sacrifice him to get Harry back in the team, which I think would be disappointing. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, and so and then it becomes a bit of slim pickings. I mean, uh, do you drop Lockie Murphy? Well, he was. I mean, they're all. We can't really single out players because most of them were ineffective last week. I, I personally think Schomburg might come in for Lockie Scholl, and we might do a bit of a shuffle. Um, yep. That's what I think. Um, so you're talking about uh, Miller coming in for Smithers. You're talking about um, maybe Tariq or, or Jimmy Rowe in for McHenry. Uh, Schoenberg in for Lockie is one unforced change. Um, you know, and look, it's probably 50-50 whether Lockie Gallant comes out. But if Lockie Gallant comes out, who fills that spot? Who comes in as that as that third tall? Um, I don't think they'd bring in Fisher McAsee to that role. So do we go smaller again? Does Rowe and Tariq come in in that forward? Well, that's, is whether potentially Riley Thilthorpe is fit and ready to go. That's I guess another option. He, he had been playing very well. Yeah, coming off a week and a half spell though, because uh, he did his knee in that or hurt his knee in that Central's game. Um, would they bring him back in? Because I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I'm an advocate for running three tools. I think it's time that we yep. tried it. it. You know, it was very interesting. Mark Bickley on the radio the other day, it might have been yesterday even, or could have even been today, I don't know, said that no team, uh, like no team runs uh, two Ruckman successfully. That's a lot of bullshit. Well, Melbourne, not, Melbourne are true. doing it. Essendon are doing it. Like there's a few players, a few teams that are playing two rucks very successfully, and I think we've actually got the ability um, with our current list to do that. And I actually wish we yeah. did that last week against Proust and Flynn because uh, yeah. Riley O'Brien got torched, and and we had no point of difference there. Um, and if we'd have had a kid like Riley up there with a point of difference, a nice mobile lad that can compete in the ruck. And start to start to make Proust and Flynn accountable around the, around the deck, um, you know. But well, I'd be quite happy to have Riley in and and run the three of them: Elliot, Riley, and and O'Brien. Um, whether they consider yeah. that, I don't know. Would you consider giving O'Brien? O'Brien really had his lo- colours lowered on the weekend. 
Um, Strong continues see, to be okay. Same, he's in the same basket as Matt Crouch, mm-hmm. Rob, unfortunately. And mm. he's had his colours lowered a few times this year, let's be honest. Yeah. He's not had a good year at all. Yeah. Do you know, he had seven seven effective, uh, seven hit-outs to advantage against GWS. He had a, he had a hit-out win rate of about 30%. So I think it was about 28-odd hit-outs from memory. I could probably find it. Um, hit-outs, 27 hit-outs, Riley O'Brien. Only seven of those hit-outs went to advantage. Um, yeah. Like, a massive stat. His... Like his attendances were, were, you know, eighty something. He wins twenty seven of them, uh, and only seven of them are essentially effective. You know how can you actually how can you actually um, get first use when your ruckman's getting destroyed like that? Yeah, no, agreed. I'd have straw in there for sure. Yeah, well, I'd I'd be happy. Like I said, I'd be happy for them to run strawn. Th- uh, RT and Himmelberg, and uh, yeah. see see if we can do because dry deck the ball's <laughs> going to be in the air a fair bit and yes it's fast but it also suits marking um, you know it's an area I think that we can exploit Carlton um, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if they do it but they're quite conservative. There's no other I don't know where we where we fit Josh Worrell in that um, mate as much as his form warrants selection. He really is a third tall, isn't he, down back? Um, we've already got three either, that seem to be going all right. Yeah. He absolutely is. And, I, you know, I mean, I'm only saying it because he's being talked up in the media by the assistant coaches. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you slot him in. Uh, but, you know, they seem he seems to be in the frame. So I don't know whether they're... You know, are they talking about maybe bringing him into play as a third tall forward and getting rid of McAdam? You know, I don't know. It's a, I guess that's or potential. Yeah. Or, or maybe bringing him in for Gallant. Yeah. Um, I seem to recall that he had played forward at some stage, but um, yeah. I don't think we've played him in the twos up forward much, have we? No. So, it's you know, it's hard for him to make that, make that transition, you would think, but... Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not much sure where else you would play him, to be honest. Because no. he can't play as a key. No. No, I, I don't know. And he hasn't got the wheels to play on a wing or something like that, I don't think. No, so I'm not quite sure what they've got in mind for him, mm. um, other than talking him up. Yeah, so I, I agree. So selection, I think, is going to be quite interesting this week, Peter. It's a, I think it's a very important game. Um and the one thing that I'm starting to be really frustrated about is is this lack of our selection committee and our coaching panel to shake up the midfield. Again, we saw far too much of the keys crouch led combination, and uh, we yep. only saw a bit of Josh Rochelle towards the end. Uh, we didn't see any Lockie Murphy. We didn't see any Ned McHenry. Um, you know, we didn't see Hayden. Harry go into the midfield when he came on. Uh, Jack Hately wasn't there. And yet, you know, we, we this, is, this is the thing. Jack Hately, we're selecting him, wanting him to become our inside mid or an inside mid. And we play him sort yep. of high half forward sort of wing area. Oh, what the hell? Yep. Like, it's a failed tactic. 
And all of his sandfall football that gets him in there has all mm-hmm. been as a centre square midfielder. Exactly, exactly. I, there was a very good post on Big Footy <clears throat> by um, uh, Spackler, um, and he made the point that in days gone past, our all our midfielders um, plied their trade running off half back until they graduated to the midfield. You know, you think about. Um, McLeod and Goodwin and Edwards and that, they all started off playing off halfback and Macker actually um, made halfback a bit of his own uh, later in his career as well. The only one who didn't was Rue and that was because he, he was an out-and-out forward. Um, these days we seem to be putting him in the graveyard at half-forward and I don't think it's... I think we've burnt too many midfielders with that. I 100% agree with what Spackler was saying. You know, we, we put Gallucci there, we put Paholke there, we've put Schoenberg there, we put lots of up-and-coming mid Luke Peddlers played forward. Running at the ball seems to be a far better opportunity for these boats to get the speed of the game and, and you know, um, a combination of uh, learning defensive side of the game but also being able to use their weapons. We don't seem to do it anymore. Yeah. Well, the obvious example in modern football is Callum Mills. Exactly, hundred percent. Played, played three years as a halfback, and then you got yep. Andy McGrath at Essendon. He played a halfback. Yep. yep. Well, just a, just as an aside, Peter, Andy McGrath. Um, a little bird told me last week that um, uh, the Crows are pretty much heavily into Andy McGrath. And uh, I've been told today that he's put his contract on hold, put contract talks on hold. That's I saw that. One. Yeah, well, I got told last week by someone who you and I would both uh, consider a, a reliable source of information that we were into him in a big way. Well, yeah, I got that message as well. I, I there you should, go. We generally both get messages from that particular... Yeah. Um, yeah, I asked that person just before I came on whether I could use it, and he said yes. <laughs> and um, he's pretty happy with his source that we've thrown the kitchen sink at Andy McGrath. And he dropped that a couple of weeks ago, Fane, didn't he? And then he yeah. popped up today. Guess what? Guess yeah. he's put his contract on hold. Yeah. So watch this space on Andy McGrath. Um, and uh, we'll put our stake in, what is it, the 3rd of May? 3rd of May, it is, before anyone else has yep. said a bloody word about it. So uh, you heard it here first on Crowcast. <laughs> and uh, no, they didn't um, say Andy Ma, they said Andy McGrath. <laughs> Someone on chat. Few people ask on the chat, very, very good player, Andy McGrath, very good player. Yeah, well, they're all, all going on about his height again, but he's got class all over him. And he's the yep. type of player that we are not, that we don't have at the moment in the midfield. Um, exactly. And look, I'm starting to actually, in terms of height, I've started to, as much as I would like, a nice big bodied mid like a Bontempelli or a Cripps or something like that, seeing the way Lockie Murphy has operated around stoppage clearance, Peter, and the couple of times that he's attended CBAs and done well, yep. I don't really give a shit what their size is. Have they yep. got burst speed? Can they get separation and can they deliver constructively? Lockie Murphy's shown yeah. that when he's around the contest, he can do that. Andy McGrath can definitely do that. I, would, I wouldn't have a problem at all. Um, 
if it would, uh, be, one of the, it would be one of the biggest if you consider you know Andy McGrath classic Sandy Dragons Vic Metro number one draft pick in the prime of his career at a major Melbourne club this would be one of the biggest recruiting coups our club has made the biggest it would be it would just about be the biggest it would in terms of those parameters I mean obviously we we did a number on the Dockers for Bungie, but he was still an unknown, you know, reasonable bet, but still an unknown quality at that stage. But in terms of an established player, um, yep. see, I would have put Geordie Dawson probably in the top three. Um, yep. And all, all uh, due respect to Geordie, uh, I reckon McGrath's got a little bit more pedigree on him. Yep. So, yeah, very interesting. I wouldn't mind him in our mix at all, um, to be perfectly frank. Um, so watch this space. Anyway, um, got how we got to that. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking about that, you know, stodgy mix that we've currently got. Um, yeah. I, I, I just don't understand why the coach... I, I don't understand, Peter, why, how the coaches don't see it. What are they looking at? that makes them go back to that well every week ad infinitum and getting the same results? What makes them go back to that well without changing it up? And it's been going on since 2018, Fee. Mm. Well, even before, really. We saw Richie Douglas play two years in the in the mids when he was shot and we were calling him shot. Um, they've done it for a long, long time. I don't know what it is. What, who's, is VB the, the constant there? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, it's, a stack, it's a stack midfield. That was the most alarming comment I've, I've heard come out of Nix's mouth since he's been at our club, to be honest with you. It, it's stacked, but it's not stacked positively. Um, you know, I won't be derogatory because they're all trying their hardest, but it's not a good combination. You know, I've said before that I don't inform. I don't mind Matt Crouch at the coalface if he's in if he's in touch, but we can't surround him with with other slow inside players. You know, uh, Laird to me gets you more value at the contest, and you get a little bit more outside from Laird. You can, why have Laird and Crouch in that combination? And you throw Sam Berry into the mix, who again is a, is a coalface player, but can also get separation tends to be moving forward with the ball through the congestion so we get a positive movement instead of all this out-the-back crap that we get from Matty Crouch all the time. Um, yep. So then you've got three of them. It's too, it's not the right combination. I just don't know what they're looking at that makes them think, yeah, this is the combination we want to run with again this week. Yep. I'd love to know. I wish I could get a coach on to ask that question because... You know, they know better than us. They're, they're in and around the club every day, but there are times where I think being in and around the club every day is actually a negative. And I asked this question of um, Hamish Ogilvie uh, when I interviewed him last season about benchmarking. And I just wonder what sort of benchmarking goes on on a week-by-week basis in terms of, you know, yes, they might be, you know, rusted on at the club, but how do they actually stack up? How do they stack? I, I would hazard a guess and say that only Ben Keys at the moment stacks up uh, to the rest yep. of the competition. Um, so well, you can have a discussion 
Fane, and we've talked about it, and you can talk. You can go back and look at the drafting. You know, really since Dangerfield, yeah, we haven't. I mean, we just seem to want to draft for every single position on the field, yeah, bar the midfield, and it's quite extraordinary, really. If you, if you, and I've done it. If you want to go back through the drafts all the way back to Dangerfield. You know, there's real. You know, there's basically no midfielders in the first no. rounds. You know, we're talking about the first and second round. Well, and what I mean, we've done is we've, we've cobbled together a lad from the rookie list who was a small defender. Mm-hmm. We, Matt Crouch was a second rounder. Uh, Rory Sloan was a third or four, third rounder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ben Keys was off the off the scrap heap. He was a yep. listed free agent. Um, and year in, year in, year out, particularly in the last three or four years, Fane, we've gone to the draft with high picks and we do not pick midfielders. And you oh, can, no, that's not true, Peter. We, that's not true. Gallucci, Chase Jones. Well, Gallucci was a failed, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 but they were midfielders. So yeah, true. Can, Chase Jones was a midfielder, failed. So you can say that we have gone for midfielders, we've gone for the wrong type. Yep. No, that's fair. No, sorry. Yeah, you're right. That's fair. Fair call. I, I, and, I, you know, with Josh you, Shelley I looks great. But we talked about it last yeah. year that he looks great and all the rest of it. But is he? You know, he's got to put. We've got to get midfield time out of him. Yeah, I think they've shown that they want him to be in there. He's attended. You know, in his first half dozen games, he's attended a reasonable amount of uh, centre bounce um, um, action. Um, so there's obviously that's obviously in their mind. I, th- you look at him in traffic. There was there was a I think it was, was it last week I think it was, where he was involved in a centre bounce attendance and he looked like the game was quite slow around him. You know you, you get players like Jarman yep. used to be, where they just had an extra moment. Uh, Rochelle looked a bit yep. like that. He didn't panic in in tight, uh, kept his composure and kept his feet which is a big thing because you never see our midfielders keep their feet. Um, So I reckon he'll be in the mix. But you're right, Peter. I mean, you know, barring those couple that I mentioned, we've still gone for Mackesy with a first-round pick. We've still gone for Fogarty with a first-round pick. We went for Today with a first-round pick. Um, You know, that... Miller. Miller. Oh, Miller. Miller would have been recruited as a midfielder, you reckon? Well, it seems to be well, if, well possibly, but you know he's turned into a wing half back, and we just even if we look, the thing is that even if we draft them as midfielders, we just can't seem to turn them into midfielders. Well, and you wonder what they're looking at again in terms of um, you know uh, physicality. I mean, Gallucci, I reckon, was failed development. To be perfectly honest with you, I think he became disengaged because he wasn't getting a run in the midfield. He couldn't break the crouch triumvirate. Um, and I reckon he just he lost his motivation and went off the rails a bit. Um, yep. But Jones, for all Chase's good qualities, I, there's no way he's there's no way with with what was around him. There's no way he should have been the the one getting picked there. Um, no. You know, I, I don't know. And yes, he's coming out. Of, it's you know fantastic in the Tassie League, but let's have a look at the draft, the pool of talent in that league, you know, and I don't know. It was an odd pick by by Hamish, that one. 
Yeah. So it's a combination, I think, of, of poor picks and picking for... Uh, Fisher Mackesee is one that I wouldn't have gone for. I know that they were sweating on Daniel Talia. But to me, you, you're more likely picking up, picking up a, a rookie rough and raw defender like a Nick Murray to cover than you are picking a, a, an elite midfielder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so you take the midfielder in, at the top end of the draft every time. Interesting times, Peter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we get McGrath in there and <laughs> all is forgiven. <laughs> well, we'd have to have the cap space at the moment for McGrath, surely. Well, you think so. I'd just be surprised if there wasn't a Victorian club that wouldn't have the cap space too, but who knows? So where would the connection be um, to bring him to South Australia? I had a look at it. It's just not one. This this would just be purely plucking a guy out saying this is a contract you can't refuse. Yeah, it's going to have to be massive. It's going to have to be a massive contract. He's going to have to become probably a top 15 paid player in the league to come here. Yep. He's just a quintessential, you know, like big Vic club, number one draft pick, mm. Sandy Dragons, Vic Metro. You just, you just, you couldn't imagine grabbing him, really couldn't. Well, because Collingwood, Collingwood are uh, tight on cap space, so they might be a bit stifled. Um, so Kilda, maybe, I don't know. Uh, not really a spot for him at the Bulldogs. Um, not really a spot for him at Carlton, and that that have to be a bit tapped out on salary cap as well at the moment. Um, Richmond, you'd think that there wouldn't be a hell of a lot of room in that cap, so maybe that's the deal. Maybe we're pricing the Vicks out of the market on this one. Maybe, and maybe look, who knows? Maybe she's had enough at Essendon. You, you mean you wouldn't be surprised, would you? Oh, I, you know, if he's if he's delayed contract talks, he's definitely out of Essendon. And why wouldn't you be? That's a shit show at the moment. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. It hasn't recovered from when um, Worsfold was there. Um, it's a whole weird situation going on, and they seem to be turning on Benny Rutten a bit. And yeah, you know, can Ben coach? Who knows? What did he be? Twenty four, twenty five, right? Yeah, mid twenties. Perfect. It'd be perfect to give him a you know, five-year deal. Yeah. Well, um, and as we said before, right in that age group that we lack. Yep. So he would be a good get. I mean, he's not a – look, you know, he's not a superstar. He's not an All-Australian or anything like that, but he could be gettable, and he's a solid – A for me, he's just a solid A-grade midfielder that would come in easily be in our first starting midfield, easily. Yeah. Yeah, 24 in June, Vardy Magic says. Thank you, Vardy. You always come through with the numbers when we need them. Um, yeah. Uh, has he got any ceiling left in him, do you reckon? He's only been playing mids a couple of seasons, hasn't he, really? Yeah. Yeah, He because he played a lot of his early football at half-back, so he's probably still got a bit of growth left in him. You know, if he's only 25, he would have played maybe 100 games. So, you know... Yeah, just looking where he sits on the uh, the rankings here. Yeah, I'd be chucking money at him. It, it might be a little bit of a reach to get him over. Um, you know, he's still probably in, in their midfield. Do you reckon he sits behind Mer- Merritt and Parrish? 
Yeah. Um, but they're two pretty handy players, don't you think? Oh, well, yeah, that's right. I, I guess my only concern is without being sort of third string to those, has he got that kind of ceiling? You'd want him to have that kind of ceiling, I think. Yeah. I don't think he would have. I just think that you've got to, I mean, you know, in this league, you know, it's not like you can just go to the shop and, 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 and pick him. You've got to see yeah. well, who's available and who would come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, very good. And All right, would, would he be? Would he be? Would he be? You know, I mean, he would instantly be our probably second best midfielder. Who would he be behind? Well, I'd still have him behind Keys. I reckon. I reckon Keys is pretty good. Would you? Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess so. I, I've, I've got. I had this discussion with someone on Big Footy today about Keys. And the guy had took Miller in his top 20 or so and thought Ben and Keyes was a midfielder. And then when you actually compare Took Miller and Ben Keyes' stats for this season, you realise they're the same player. And Ben and Keyes has actually got him on most of the meaningful stats. So, yeah, that's probably a fair call. I'd have Benny in my top 25 mids, uh, probably at the bottom end of that top 25 mids, uh, which yeah. means he's, in, he's, he's a second-pick midfielder. Um, in most teams, I think that's probably reasonable, don't you think? He's look, he's currently in the All Australian squad of forty. There's yeah. absolutely no doubt about that, and it will just depend upon how his season pans out as to whether he can. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one that's had a bit of a sniff around uh, for some people is uh, Dunkley from the Bulldogs. Um. And it was Sloan Ranger who came on the chat, I think, uh, last week and put the kibosh on that. The, the idea is that uh, Dunkley's partner plays netball in South Australia. Um, yep. But she said that it would be unlikely that Dunkley would move over just for that. Um, so, I don't know, she bloody wet blanket, Sloan Ranger. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Dunkley'd be fantastic. Terms of uh, a, a get, but uh, I'd yep. be happy with McGrath at this stage. Well, I'd be very happy, very happy if we could get him. I'd, I'd, I'd just, I'd still be as much as I um, think the the source is pretty good. Um, I would still be massively surprised if we got that over the line. Well, the source says that we're into him, so that's the, no guarantee. I, I've got no doubt that the sources on the money would definitely be into him. But as you rightly point out, Pete, we wouldn't be orphans in that regard. And uh, it's a matter of whether we want to splash the cash. Yep, that's it. Uh, Jason Horn Francis won the Rising Star Nod this weekend. So uh, he joins uh, our lad as being a nominee. Um, Fired up a bit too, uh, uh, Jason. So uh, on the weekend, might be getting a little bit frustrated already there at North. We should be dangling something in front of him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you'll be uh, on the plane back home to Port Adelaide before you know it. Yeah, I reckon you're right. I reckon you're right. Um, all right, before we wrap up, just a quick word on the tipping. Um, I suck. Um, is that any surprise, Peter? It's not no surprise, man. I got five, so I was up on my uh, average of 4.7, which I was very pleased about. But I'm already, it's round seven, and I'm already trying to pick out the the roughies to get myself back in the ball game. It's a shame. Uh, Harry, I'm still on top of 46. Uh, we've got a few on 45. Kurt, Pogger and Brett. 
Uh, on 44, we've got Terry, Barry, William and Elvis. A few dropped out, actually. Nadine dropped down. Claire dropped down. Um, so a couple of notables. Where's Razor? Um, Razor's nowhere, but I can't talk because I'm, I'm not even on the front 50. Where am I now? 77. 77 out of uh, 96, Pete. And I'm on here talking crap about the footy as if I know stuff. People that, people that know anything about football are the worst tipsters because they overthink it. <laughs> well, I would say to my kids, do as I say, not as I do. So I would say to the listeners, tip as I say, not as I do. I don't know. Anyway, um, the BNF that we've got running at the moment, the um, Casas, um, uh, Nikki, myself, and um, Macca. At the moment, we have Benny Keys on 63, Geordie Dawson on 46, Joshua Shelley on 30, Laird 28, Walker 25, Smith 23, and then it tails off. Um, the um, listeners, uh, Geordie Dawson on 73, Benny Keys 64, Walker 49, Rochelle 47, Himmelberg 31. Laird 28, so not a huge amount of difference between the top half a dozen between the esteemed uh, podcast hopes and the uh, valued listeners there, um, and we'll keep updating that. Uh, every week, don't forget, after the games, stick your best and fairest in the best and fairest channel so that I can see them, otherwise I'll miss them. Oh, So this week, Pete, Carlton, what's your, what's your feel? Are we going to bust back? No, I don't think we will. I think it's one of those games, Carlton away. We don't. Last time I, last time I think we beat Carlton away was when uh, Paddy Dangerfield uh, injured one of their players. Um, a long time ago. I, no, I can't see it. I can't see it at Marvel. I think Carlton will win that one. Yeah, I'm actually going a different way. I think they might be a bit stung now after last week. I think. Um, I think. It, I think this year as opposed to last is it would have surprised them more this year to get absolutely flogged like they did. I think they're probably um, not getting ahead of themselves, but I think their expectations of themselves would have been higher this season. And to get a belting handed to them like that, I think would have stung them rather than knocked them over. Um, I expect them to bounce back this week. I think it'll be a very tight game. Carlton is still a good side, even with their outs. Um, but uh, I'm tipping us by by a whisker. Very good. And considering my track record, <laughs> <too. laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit of chat, bit of chat about Lacocious and Rankin on there as usual. Um, yeah. Pete, I don't want Rankin, and my word is that Lacocious is going to port if he's coming back here, and he's more than likely to stay out there anyway. Yeah, I think they're both nut. I'm I'm excited about Andy McGrath. Let's get him. Yep, me too. He's a worker. He's a hard worker. Yep, I'd be more than happy. Um, All right, well, nothing happening in the chat in terms of people want to have their say. Um, We're coming up to the hour, so I think that's time to call it. It's been a nice, short, sharp cast tonight. Peter covered plenty of stuff. Good night. And uh, thanks, to every, yeah, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube. Don't forget, if you want to uh, support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast and become a patron. All the support uh, from Patreon and all our um, um, members 
uh, is most appreciated. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forgive us. Uh, don't forget to give us a subscribe and a like if you haven't already. Um, and don't forget to share our videos on socials when you get the opportunity. If you're listening on iTunes and you feel like giving us a review, that would be greatly appreciated as well. I think that's all the stuff I have to cover, Peter. <laughs> I'll bid Sounds you. Good, I'll bid you. Have a and great our, week. We look forward yes. to uh, watching the boys play on the weekend. Absolutely. Thanks. Good night, everyone. Cheers, mate. Good night, everyone.